Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we feel stuck or when we're ready to level up, we have to shift. I believe that process begins with our thinking. A shift in our outer world starts with a shift in our inner world, and that, my friends, is the antidote to being stuck. You know that I love to bring guests on who are deep thinkers and coaches, they're therapists and authors, and others who are using their voices, their experiences, and their expertise to help people get unstuck and create their version of a sweet life. My guest today is a man who has a passion for promoting and spotlighting authors who are doing just that. And he himself is on a mission to create something pretty special that we're going to be talking about later on. Jonathan Mazzalonis is the president of Empowered Publicity and the host of the Children's Books Spotlight series. For nearly two decades, Jonathan has been helping authors across the country promote their talents and their works. As a publicist for inspirational authors and children's books authors, Jonathan understands the challenges that aspiring and rising artists face as they step out, well, in faith and follow their passions and their paths of service. So essentially, his service is helping them with theirs. Now, I really, really love the idea of supporting authors and of promoting reading books, especially when it comes to kids. I myself am a voracious reader. I love reading books, and I have as long as I can remember. And I attribute this to my mother, who always had a book in her hands and would spend hours reading late into the night. She would read bedtime stories to my sister and I when we were little, And those, I got to tell you, you guys are some of my fondest, fondest memories. And everything that I have learned that I feel are the most important and impactful things in my life, I've really learned through reading books. And that is all because of the books she put in my hands. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of reading and of getting your kids involved in reading. I think the value of reading stories to children is truly immeasurable. The, the creativity they inspire, the fostering of the imagination, and the values that can be installed through storytelling are all such important things in a child's development, and they can all be nurtured through storybooks. So if you are a parent, a grandparent, or planning to become either one, listen up, because in a day and age where we have countless artificial ways of stimulating our children's imaginations and teaching morals and values, and not that they're bad ways, but they're artificial, none of them, I think, can really hold a candle to a good story, a good story book, or just a good story being told um, to your kids by somebody that is important to them. So with that, Jonathan, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Lori, it's a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you very much for the wonderful invitation. And as if I may use in a reference from one of my favorite Disney movies, Aladdin, it's so interesting and amazing how this magic carpet ride has taken the both of us over nearly 10 years. 
Yeah, it's it has been that. Um, so Jonathan and I really connected. Um, I want to say about 2011 when I launched my book, my first book, Common Sense Happiness, and Jonathan graciously invited me to be a guest on the podcast he was hosting at that time, and uh, and we talked about it, and uh, that's uh, yeah, we've been we've been friends ever since. And we've been shifting ever since. <laughs> a lot of shifting. I, a lot of shifting. A lot yeah, of shifting. You, uh, you have done a complete 180 since I first connected with you back in those days. And I think that's really um, an important place to start because it's such a, uh, it's such a great, your own story is such a great representation of the value of, of shifting and going rogue. And if you're up for it, I would love for you to just, you know, give us an overview of, of where you are now and and what you're up to compared to where you were when we met. I appreciate that. Um, Really what comes to mind is the fact of, and I know that this could seem like a very cliche expression or very spiritual buzzworthy term about never giving up and believing in yourself and staying the course, but I feel in some way, shape, or form that I've been able to do that because we're still talking and things are continuing to shift in the process. Growing up, I actually wanted to be a sportscaster, which is kind of like the furthest thing away from, you know, working mm-hmm. as a publicist for inspirational and, 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 and children's authors. So I wanted to be the next Chris Berman at ESPN, so to speak. And back in 1989, I began a love affair with the world of professional wrestling and sports and entertainment, which of course, you know, plays, plays a role that's near and dear to your heart and to your husband's heart, to your family's heart in the process. So I had the blessing of while I was in college, actually creating a wrestling radio show that, transition and morphed into one of the first ever podcasts that was created in 2004 called Monday Night Mayhem. And it was such an incredible experience on so many levels. I was able to meet so many wonderful people such like, that's how, that's how we met was through Monday Night Mayhem. That's how I met your, your, your husband, Eric in the process. So I could have easily looked on the surface and say, well, there was these really cool people that I met. And I still find a, a lot of truth to that. I could have said, you know, there was five WrestleManias traveling across the country, meeting all of these famous people, right? But the thing that I look back on, and I I encourage your listeners to really look at life like a bridge, how one chapter blends into the next, how one road connects to the other in the process. Because I was introduced to the folks at then Women's and Children's Hospital in Buffalo, which since then, about two years ago, they opened up a brand new children's hospital in Buffalo called Oshai Children's Hospital. I was introduced to the folks at the Child Life Department at Women's and Children's Hospital. Now, if your listeners are not familiar with the Child Life Department of a Children's Hospital does, is they provide emotional support and entertainment for children that are going through cancer, that are navigating through dialysis treatments, and who are recovering from surgeries. So they will provide, and I should say bring in such people as professional wrestlers, athletes, musicians, theater performers, singers, Uh, authors to be able to connect with not only the kids, but also their families to be able to, you know, kind of help them take away from whatever it is that they're moving through. Because a lot of times when you're, when you're in the hospital, it can seem very depressing. It can seem like very uh, dense or even, you know, dark energy in the process. You know, sometimes kids, they, you know, they don't, they don't want to be in hospitals, right? Nobody wants to be in the hospital. 
No, 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 no. So that was one of the earliest seeds. It can kind of go a little bit, a little bit even backwards from, from there in terms of where the first seeds were planted. But that was really when things became clear to me about my mission and my passion and my purpose for the children, which to share with your listeners, and we'll probably cover this a little bit more throughout the course of our conversation. This work that I'm blessed to do for inspirational and children's authors goes deeper because it is serving as a bridge to open up a children's hospice for terminally ill children out in La Jolla, California. Okay. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I, I want to know a little bit about how you ended up with, you know, going from where you were then to like, now you're yeah. doing, you know, empowered publicity and how has, what is your going rogue story? Yeah, it's, I had to have multiple bottomings out <laughs> if there is such an expression, so to speak, but there I is. feel that, and there's, yes, there's, there's many people that have come on your show throughout the course of your program's duration, basically, you know, mentioning the fact that life really is like a school and we are here to be able to learn in the process. I think that the old school paradigm for many of us, including myself was quote unquote, we had to learn our lessons through pain and suffering. Or we had to learn our lessons by being clubbed over the head with a baseball bat. So I know, I remember actually um, one of my first spiritual teachers that came across my path, and she, and she shared this with me, and this is kind of really when I, I sort of really didn't have any much of, not to say I didn't have an idea of what was going on, but it kind of was taking me some time. She said, Jonathan, one of the reasons why you made the decision to come here this go around was to learn to express your emotions, to feel your feelings, and to really tap into your vulnerability." That's a life purpose in itself. And for me growing up, there were different things. For me, it was all a matter of, I always help people to believe in themselves. I would have conversations with people going back to when I was in grammar school, where people would say, Jonathan, when I talk to you, here's where my energy level was. And then after I'm done talking with you and interacting with you, here's where my energy was after that noticeable shift, noticeable difference. The thing is, Lauren, this is coming clean. I didn't believe in that for myself. I didn't feel that I was worthy of that. So there were different experiences that I co-created for myself that I manifested, whether it be from what could have looked like on the surface, losing all of my possessions, losing all of my money, whether it be with a perceived uh, diagnosis of testicular cancer, which was given to me a little over four years ago. Now your listeners might be saying, well, what does that mean? Perceived testicular cancer. I want to be, be very clear. There was a diagnosis that was given to me. I did not from shortly thereafter, no, I was no longer choosing to continue to buy into the story of not loving myself and perpetuating a thing that was in place for probably a long period of time, generations, lifetimes in the process about not believing in myself, not believing in my creativity, not believing that I'm worthy, that it would be difficult to receive, that life was was, was a struggle. There were different stories that I was telling myself in the process. And there were several instances several years ago, specifically when things could have looked like they were the exact opposite. And I made a choice. I made a choice. I made several decisions to continue to go up, to continue to move forward, to continue to not give up. One thing that actually comes to mind was an experience that I had, if I may share this briefly, I believe this was back in either 2015 or 2016, and I was given a what I like to call a divine assignment for the summer, being a part-time after-school teacher at a daycare facility in the, in the Buffalo, New York area. Now, for many of us, it's a little bit challenging at times to be in the present moment. 
or to wonder why you're moving through something that you're moving through. You could always stay in the analytical mind. You could be in victim consciousness. You can say, why is this happening to me? So I was having a nice conversation with God around that point. Like, okay, listen, why am I here? What is the purpose of this? I was introduced to one of my friends who's a channeler out in, in, in Australia, and she'd actually connected with Dr. Wayne Dyer, who came into my life shortly after my grandmother made her transition back in 2013, which is really when I feel the shift began for me. And Wayne was telling me that children had a purpose in my life. And I didn't really know on the surface of what that actually meant. Wayne published one of his last books before he passed away four years ago, called either Memories from Heaven or Memories of Heaven. And he spoke with children about their experiences in heaven before beaming down to earth. And that's when things began to become clear. The kids at that point, Lori, were reminding me to not take life way too seriously, to be in the present moment, to enjoy the experience, and most importantly, to connect, to reconnect, I should say, with my inner child. So there were these messengers, these angels on my path that my grandmother has placed in over the course of the past six years, including the children, that were reminding me that I really do have a choice, that when you take the time to work on your development, your evolution, your healing, whatever terminology that you're comfortable with using, that is something that has to be done every day. But nothing necessarily has to be done every day. It really is a choice. You can continue to move up and up and up. And the last thing that comes to mind, if I may actually share, I've been blessed to work with, um, with, a, with a very kind soul who's been one of my mentors and spiritual guides over the course of the past two years, her name is Heather Christian Strang. She's out on the Oregon coast. And she had reminded me of something probably about a year or so ago. And this is something that I was becoming more open to is we always ask ourselves in life, you know, if you want more money, more love, more joy, more happiness, what's the answer? And people will seek, they will seek and spend <laughs> thousands upon thousands of dollars to try to find the answer to that question. And the answer really is very simple. It's taking the time to do your trauma healing but it's whether or not you make the conscious choice to work on that so that you can heal the subconscious, the unconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about choices. It's all about how much responsibility we want to take for our own state of being. And if we want to remain in a victim consciousness, or if we want to, you know, move into a, um, a state of being a deliberate creator of our lives. Um, so Correct. it sounds like you made that transition, which was, which is awesome. And now here you are. Um, that's a big, that's a big transition too, from where you were to what you're doing now. And you're really focused on helping authors and, um, doing this whole thing with children and children's books. And, and I think that that is so cool because as I said earlier, I just think that it's so valuable to, um, to be contributing on any level to the, you know, the nourishment and the promoting of reading when it comes to kids. Mm. There's, there's so much to take away from that statement, but it really is very simple at its core. People can easily take a look at children's books. They can walk into a Barnes and Noble, their favorite children's bookstore, their, in, their favorite independent bookstore. They can even go to Amazon, even though I, you know, I can just imagine when, you know, parents have conversations with their kids. Hey kids, you know, it's time to shop for some new children's books. We're going to Amazon, right? Like with all due respect to Amazon, they're great, but I'm, I'm old school, just like you. And the fact that there's, 
nothing greater. One of the greatest things in the world is actually having a book in your hand yeah. and reading it. But I really believe that children's books are healing. Children's books are healing on multiple different levels. One of the things I know that we were talking about leading into the interview is, is the inspiration that Mr. Rogers has had in my life over the course of the past year, especially. And nearly 50 years ago, he had a really cool and very powerful exchange with a, um, with, with Congress at the time, I believe it was at the Congress or the Senate, but he was talking about the importance of his work with children. And he mm-hmm. used the phrase expressions of care for children. Now, he mm-hmm. was referring to, of course, at that point, the work that he was doing through Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But it's interesting because that expression stuck with me over the course of the past year. And I like to feel that when we, when we take the time to purchase a children's book for a child, when we read a children's book to a child, when we take the time to, re- to help children remember the joy and the love and the passion and the miracles that happen when you read, not only is it a healing experience for the child and, whom, and whomever else is involved, but it, you're really showing an expression of care. You're showing that you care about that child's emotional well-being, mental well-being, physical well-being, their development five years ago or you know, five years from now, 10 years from now. So it's just, it's just very easy to look at a children's book and just say, okay, hey, this is a great way to spend you know, a nice night with your child before bedtime. And we'll probably cover that. And there's total truth to that. But again, I really feel that, the, that children's books, even though they may look so simple on the surface, there's so much value and there's so much meaning and healing behind the surface, which right. is so incredible. No, you're right. It is. Um, it's that is an interesting way to look at it because you are. It's not so much about um, just limited to what's on the pages of the book and the message or the story in the book. That's that's one obvious y- you know aspect. But the other thing that's sort of um, in the indirect message, but the one that has as much or more power is the one, the expression of care, like you said, that's um, being demonstrated by the fact that as the, as the parent or the, or the teacher or the grandparent, you know, whoever that adult is, is actually taking time, which tells the yep. child that I'm important enough, I'm significant enough for this person, this adult, to take the time to sit here and be present with me and and just do 100%. this with me and for me. And that's that's 100%. the key. Yeah, that's the key part. And that's what is so special beyond just what's on the pages. It's that connection. And you're telling that child, that t- child is getting the message um, energetically, and they may not be getting it, con- have a conscious awareness of it at the time, but it is, it is going into their consciousness that they're important 100%. and significant. Yeah. And that's, 100%. That is absolutely cr- one of the most critically important things I think there is for a child to feel is that they matter enough for you to focus on them in that way. Children's minds and children in general, they're like sponges, especially growing up. I forget what the, the age is when a child's mind, you know, kind of start, stops developing in the way in which it does. But especially during, you know, you know, preschool year, you know, toddler years, preschool years, elementary school, it's like they pick up on everything, right? So one of the main reasons why I know that I as an adult and, you know, not just in my, in my publicity work, but, you know, my own healing, just, just me being, you know, me being an adult, Mr. Rogers reminded people who watched his program 
You are loved and you are special for who you are. I like you just the way you are. He purposely did that. He, 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 he positively embedded it into the minds and hearts of children. So it's so interesting and so Mm -hmm. timely when you talk about what you were just sharing, because when it comes to children's books, it's about that contact. It's about telling the child, like, listen, I'm spending the time with you. That child picks up on it. They're going to remember that five years ago or five years from now, 10 years from now. And especially with all the different things that are happening in the world, we could easily look and say there's hurricanes here and shootings here. And the media, to a certain extent, may want us or just society in general may want us to focus on the negative or believe that the world is going to hell in a hand sack, right? So mm-hmm. people will always ask, what can we do? What can we do to make a difference? And it especially starts with the children. And I also, this is something, and I'm curious to get your thoughts about Lori as well. I feel that what we do, what we put out is what we give back. I always tell you know parents, grandparents, teachers that I come into contact with every day through my work and every day through my life that there is so much healing and nurturance for yourself in what you're doing for the child. When you are helping a child to heal, you are helping yourself to heal. You're helping your inner child to heal. You're helping yourself to, you know, dig deep and go through those things and maybe kind of suppress down, whether it be, you know, the emotions or the trauma and the things of that nature, because life, it's like in Australia, they have a boomerang, right? And if you throw the boomerang, right, what happens? It eventually comes back to you. So, yeah. you know, we could go super biblical and say, what you reap is what you, so I think it's a little kind of too harsh for myself, but I really believe that if you put love out into the world in whatever context, whether it be reading a children's book to a child or something completely different, but that's on a similar energetic frequency, that's what you get back. And that's what you allow your, yourself to receive in the process. If you so choose. Sure. Sure. It's, uh, it's the, uh, it's the energetic attraction and you just pull, you just pull what you're resonating toward you. You know, it's interesting. You talk about Mr. Rogers. Um, when my kids were, were babies and, um, you know, toddlers, Mr. Rogers was on. And so, you know, at that particular time of day, you know, we would sit down and, um, Mr. Rogers would come on and I would, you know, rock the kids or, you know, whatever. And, and as a parent, I was like, oh, my God, you know, it it was it was tedious for me to watch Mr. Rogers. But I really appreciated (laughs) Mr. Rogers for my kids. You know, I appreciated the Mm -hmm. message. I appreciated everything that he was offering to them. And, um, you know, as a parent, it was, you know, a little bit um, slow, (laughs) shall we say. And and not to mean any disrespect, but, you know, he's targeting children and and brilliant at it. But I'll tell you what, you know, in in a world you know, where we have so much, even more so now than when my kids were young, there is so much coming at us all and our kids. There's so much coming at them from all angles, all day, every day. Bombardment. Uh, It's a bombardment and it's constant. And it's so this constant overstimulation. And when you can sit down and, you know, watch a program like Mr. Rogers or have them do it or, or sit down and, um, engage with them in a book that actually, I feel like has a a bit of a counterbalance. So you have this kind of soothing and balancing thing to hopefully counteract a little bit of all of that bombardment of overstimulating things that are coming at them all day, every day. So 
I just wanted to mention Agreed. that because, yeah, I, I do remember Mr. Rogers and uh, <laughs> bless his heart. He did some miraculous work. Um, so, so I wanted to ask you, um, you said that you, you were really influenced by by his work and the things that stuck out, um, you know, with Wayne Dyer and, and now you've got, you're at this point where you've, you, you're building this amazing business, empowered publicity. Um, tell me a little bit about, about that and, um, and your sleep story time for kids. What, what's going on with that? What inspired that? Starting off with the start with sleep story time for kids. Um, it's so important to give back to your community, whatever that looks like, whether it be volunteering at your church, whether it be uh, helping out with a food drive through your local food bank, whether it be, um, you know, here, here in, here in Buffalo every year, they have a thing called kids day where the Buffalo news, which is the newspaper in town, they, they sell newspapers for the day and they get the proceeds to children's hospital. And they've got people that, you know, that they're out there bundled up in the early fall and, you know, you know, selling copies of the, of the paper to the, to the drivers and the passersby. There's different ways that you can get back and be of service. I wanted to be able to take the time to do something very special, very meaningful for the children here at Buffalo and Western Europe. Believe it or not, Buffalo is called the city of good neighbors. I know this is kind of like a running joke that Lori and I have had over the course of the past near decade. It's about, you know, I've put up the intention of, you know, Lori coming with her wonderful husband, Eric, over to Buffalo. Lori hasn't made her way out to Buffalo yet. Eric has, but Eric, I'm sure, can, can speak firsthand that Buffalo is the city of good neighbors. It's not just a cliche expression. Sometimes people say, oh, it's just near Niagara Falls, right? So I, I do encourage people, you know, they do make their way out to the Toronto, the Niagara Falls area to definitely stop in Buffalo. One of my dear friends and colleagues, her name is Soda Kuchikowski. She is such a tremendous, not only business owner, she owns a, a very well-known holistic sleep studio here in the Buffalo area, but she's also a tremendous wife and mother to a ray of light named Ryan Kennedy. And I had the blessing of working with her several years ago for, for, uh, for a series of, of events through, through, uh, through other people that I had the blessing of working with. And together we aligned our energies to be able to create the start with sleep story time for kids. Now, again, when you think of the term story time, you can think, okay, it's just someone coming in and reading to a child and that's that, right? But we wanted to create something a little bit even more heart-centered and more heartfelt in the process. So we have invited rising popular and best-selling children's authors from all across the country to come down to start with sleep, either in person or virtually, to be able to share their inspiring stories with the kids, the release of their new children's books, but to also create an interactive activity that, that's very engaging with the children. You know, just as children's books are very engaging with the child, when you can do an exercise or, or an activity that, that stimulates the mind, that stimulates the neurons in the brain that stimulates the heart, children are very engaged in the process. So I'll give you just one example. Susan Verde, uh, who's another dear friend of mine, she's the New York Times bestselling children's author of the I Am series. She has a brand new book coming out, I Am Love, a Book of Compassion, that's going to be out literally within a matter of days. And she did like a series of children's yoga poses at, with, with the kids, which was so, so super sweet. And she did this this little sweet meditation that even children can get. And let's be honest, sometimes children's attention spans are like that of a nanosecond, right? <laughs> and right. The, the, the support that we have received from the parents, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the teachers, the faculty, the administrators, the media 
in the Buffalo and the Western New York area has been tremendous in the process. I wanted to be able to do this kind of sharing with, with your listeners, going back to what I was mentioning beforehand, is, is that I'm actually moving out to San Diego next year, not only taking my next steps in empowered publicity, but planting the seeds for my next steps in my work in opening up the children's hospice that I wish to open up, which is actually kind of like a hybrid of Make-A-Wish meets children's hospice, where you take those mindsets and those activities from the child life department that I mentioned before in our conversation with the children's hospice. So you create this energy of where children are able to be in heaven before going to heaven. It's kind of this energy and the, the, this experience of, 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 of that in the process. I wanted to, mm. you know, to, to be able to, to have something to give back, not necessarily to call it my Buffalo legacy. I could easily look at it like that, but just to do something really genuine, really heartfelt that would provide a lot of healing for the city. Buffalo, I used to call the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, kind of like the Green Day song, right? I, I used to joke around about that for, you know, several years shortly after that song became popular, right? So just like four or five years ago, we got our first Trader Joe's, right? It's a kind of a sign that it kind of took Buffalo a little bit of time to kind of get with the program. So <laughs> right. I always feel that in life, if you can leave something, if you can leave a relationship, if you can leave a, a, a city, if you can leave uh, your life a better place, or in a better space, you know, once you part on with something, that just makes things all that much more in a flow in the process. So like, let's say a relationship comes to close. Just mention this briefly. If a relationship comes to its natural conclusion, you can look back and say, I'm grateful for the relationship. I'm grateful for this person. There was a lot of healing and wonderful memories. You can look back and say it served its purpose. And you can just have a lot of good feelings about that on the inside. So I always tell people, not even if they're just interested in working with me, if they're currently working with me, just people that I, that, that I, that I share my work with on, on a regular basis, I'm not the typical publicist. I'm not the three-piece suit kind of guy. I'm not the New York City penthouse suite kind of guy. Not to say that there's anything wrong with it in any way, shape, or form. One of the things that I had, that I had to learn, there were two big business lessons, but two soul lessons and two life lessons that I had to learn. Whether you're religious or spiritual or you worship at the altar of Tom Brady, I say that because it's football season. And for all those football fans out there, there may be people who might worship at the altar of Tom Brady, right? <laughs> I'm sure there are. There's an, exp- there's an expression that says, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Right. And one of the belief systems and paradigms that was in place with me for a long period of time, even before I decided to kind of posse on and incarnate down here this lifetime, was that. You could have the infant baby Jesus drop up, drop up a $5 million check on your doorstep five minutes from now. But the question is, is then what? You have to know what to do with it. And over time, it was shown to me that I was meant to, be co- to come into large amounts of wealth, not just on the financial perspective, but from a very deep soul perspective. And I had to know what to do with it. And I'm at that perspective where I know what to do with it. It's not just a matter of acquiring. Many of us, we spend time wanting to get to that next point, that next destination. And again, get ready for another cliche, but it's so much more deeper than that. It is about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the people. It's about the experiences. It's about the blessings along the way. The bells, the whistles, the BMWs, the money, the accolades, the, the houses, those are just icing on the cake. Those are just little bells and trinkets. If you remember Dr. Wayne Dyer, shortly before he passed, he would always remind people through his PBS specials and his books, the last suit that I wear will will not have any pockets because I can't take anything with me. 
<laughs> Wayne Dyer also that. taught me and helped me. And, you know, Wayne also taught me one other thing and helped me to, to remind myself of this. When you serve the needs of others, that your own needs will be fulfilled. So many of us were in this state of constant acquisition, right? Yeah. I actually work in the collections industry for 13 years. So it's a very, I'm very grateful for that experience, but it was a very dense, a very almost robotic energy. Ideally, when you work in collections, you're supposed to, quote unquote, get as much money as you can from a person in the shortest amount of time. So imagine when you go and you become an entrepreneur and you're an empath and people that you're working pick up on that. So I had to learn that over the course of several years that it's not just about what's in it for me. It's about how may I serve because it's go back to that boomerang effect, Lori. It's so interesting what happens when you flip the script, when you shift and you allow yourself to say, all right, for seven days, I'm going to suspend this week for seven days. I'm going to genuinely focus on how may I be of service to other people and forget about the attachments, forget about the money, forget about the next cruise you want to go on. You know, the next car that you want to get, those are still important goals to have. But when you let go, you let go of all of that. You let go of the need to attain and acquire all of those things that you spent time chasing will chase you. Hmm. Well, and when you are asking, you know, how can I serve? How can I be of service? Um, doing it without any expectation of something in return. Otherwise, 100%. otherwise it's a barter system. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. People are very intuitive. People are very spot on as of, as of right now, like people are very in tune with things. So this is just a message to all of the entrepreneurs out there, especially because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to your program. One would think if two people are meant to work together, don't you think it would just happen? If, if, if two people, if, if, you know, a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, a man and a man, you know, whatever, you know, whoever you feel that your, that your life partner is, don't you think that if you just let go and also be yourself, that's another thing, if I may share briefly, that actually comes to me is the importance in business and in life and in every interaction, conversation, communication, and dialogue that you have to just be yourself. We spend a lot of time wearing a lot of veils. A lot of masks. Oh, yes. Right. And that's that's a hard one. You know, we're that's a hard one for everybody's working on that to, you know, to some degree there. I think that there are very few people walking the planet that are comfortable um, and willing to be 100 percent themselves, their true selves, 100 percent of the time. Very few. Correct. Correct. But, so, but, but so it's a good thing so, to strive to do because that's, you know, yes. that's true freedom so right this, there. So, so this is how doing the inner work in reconnecting with my inner child, spending time in the energy of children's books, you know, you know, being on location at events, like people are starting to come up to me now even more. So, and this is a very rewarding feeling, not because I, I seek validation. I used to seek validation quite a bit before. Now it's more of a reminder if someone says like, wow, like you're just like this, you're, you're really doing your part now to be like this all the time, to just be very authentic and very genuine and very heart centered. And you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, it, it was difficult for me. 
It took me some time. There was a lot of wounding. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of doubt, but we're human. And we have to embrace that fact that we're not perfect, that it takes time to get to where you want to be. So this is how everything, you know, you know, we're talking about children's books and, and how even just what we talked about, how children's books at their very core, they have messages about nurturance, compassion, kindness, inspiration, and of course, self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how all of this, this, this whole conversation comes full circle. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All of what you just said, Jonathan, and I, I am really excited about your, your mission um, and your vision for the children's hospice um, that you are going to be opening up in, uh, in La Jolla, right? In San Diego? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that is a, a very worthy cause, and that's actually such an understatement. It doesn't even sound it doesn't even sound good enough for for what you're up to there. Um, I think that's amazing. So before I let you go, just a couple more things. What do you have? Sure. Just a quick tip or some advice um, to aspiring children's authors and you know people that are trying to take the next steps in in their work and their mission uh, around kids. Totally, totally. Um, there's two things that come to mind. One is, is, is that one of the older paradigms states, who's going to buy my book? Who's going to watch my TED Talk? Who's going to buy my healing services? There's thousands of coaches out there in the world. So it's kind of like all of that sort of energy, right? I encourage mm-hmm. people to remember, you know, <laughs> if you remember the movie Jerry Maguire and, and, and Renee Zellweger said in the film, says, did you know that the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> well, I like to say, there, did you know that there's nearly 8 billion people in the world? Yeah. So the world needs your love. The world needs you to share your story, mm-hmm. right? There mm-hmm. cannot be enough children's authors out there. It's not just only a super cool niche or a super cool business, but it's also something that's very heart-centered. It's very genuine. You're really making a difference in the lives of kids and and children and parents and families. Does it involve work? Absolutely, it does. So the first thing that comes to mind is to remember to share your story that you have inherent value. You have a divine inheritance. You have divine abundance that is your birthright by being here. And part of that is by sharing your story. Now, many people that may bring up some fears, that may bring up some doubts in the process, some resistance. Who's going to listen to my story? Am I worthy of sharing it? What will people think if I share my story? If you take the time, you allow yourself to move through those sorts of feelings and emotions and stuff and get to the other side of that, everyone has a book inside of them. And it's Mm -hmm. important to be able to take whatever that first step is, whether it be reading books in your genre, if that's what comes to mind, start to read 10 books in your genre. And have that be the first action step that you're taking to co-create and birth your book whenever that's meant to happen in the process. Mm, so that's the advice. first thing that, that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind is a twofold message. One is to follow your heart, but also to open your heart in the process. It's long since been said, ask and ye shall receive. You also got to let go to in the process. One of the things that I'm starting to get into the regular routine of now, I kind of did it before, but I slacked off a bit, is journaling. And I really believe that there is a lot of power in speaking your words into existence, to speaking your reality into existence, but also the power of journaling. One would think if you ask God, like, listen, this children's hospice in La Jolla, 
I cannot do this by myself. Hell no. This is going to be involving multiple different people. You know, I've been doing, you know, doing all the necessary work over these past years to bring in my life partner. I feel her energy is present. She'll be coming in and dropping in at some particular point in time. Right. But there's other people like, I don't know the first damn thing about, <laughs> about <laughs> non-for-profits or children's hospital. I know the, I know that I'm taking time to learn all of this and that the right people will come in. But many of us, we have fear and pain and hurt and trauma because of how people treated us or what happened in the past. We tend to live in the past even a lot of the times. To open up your heart, to work on opening up your heart every day, healing your heart, opening it, and then following it. Because then when you're, I think it's uh, Esther Hicks and Abraham that say when you're tapped in, tuned in, and turned on, right? Right. And all yep. that happens, you're in, you're in direct alignment and you can listen to your guidance. You can follow your heart. You can pay attention to the necessary divinely guided action sets that are showing your way and the people that are coming across your path. Those are right. some of the very core things about when it comes to if you're an aspiring author and you want to share your message. That's what Absolutely. really begins. Yeah, excellent. You got to take you got to take uh, the first step and you've got to be willing to trust that even if you can't see what's beyond it or how it's going to happen, you just keep moving. I think that's great great advice for sure. Yep. Jonathan, how yep. can our listeners find you and stay connected with you? On social media, yes, people can people can connect. Uh, as, as I always like to say, with respect to Mr. Rogers, your neighbors, our neighbors that are listening to we're talking shift, mm-hmm. they can listen. Uh, they can uh, they can uh, they can tune in first of all to the Empowered Publicity Children's Book Spotlight series on Facebook every week at Empowered Publicity, beginning in the month of October. The time frame is actually shifting for the program. So every Monday at seven o'clock Eastern, four o'clock Pacific, you can connect with your favorite popular best-selling and rising children's authors from all over the world in the process. But you can also log on to empoweredpublicity.com if you're interested in sharing your own message in the process, whether it be for coaching and mentoring services, whether it be to share your book in a specific city of your choosing whether it be to facilitate a virtual media tour, the holiday season is forthcoming. This is a very big time for authors in terms of not only selling books, but really connecting with a lot, with a lot of minds and hearts. But I will say as we begin to wind down our time, Lord, the energies of 2020 are being felt. 2020 is all about dharma and life's purpose. So it's kind of like a hybrid of two things. One is planning ahead, but also going with the flow. Because it's long since been said that, you know, life is, life is what happens when you start making plans. And it's also been said that God's plan is greater than your plan. But you have to have some sort of a guide. You have to have some sort of a roadmap. You don't have to attach yourself to it in the process. So I love doing the right things now, despite what's in it for myself. So I do offer free 30-minute consultations. If a person feels that they're aligned if they're a good fit for empowered publicity, they want to enjoy the empowered publicity family. That's great. But at the end of that 30 minutes, it's important for me that a person has a little bit of a better idea uh, or even a stronger idea than a little bit of a better idea on, on what their next step might be. So again, as, as, as business women, as business women, business men, entrepreneurs, et cetera, and so forth, it could be very easy. Again, as we talked about before, and to just focus on, all right, this person's coming into my life. I've got a call with them. This must mean that they're going to work with me. And it's like, no, do the right thing, right? If that person's meant to work with you, totally happens. So this is also one of the really good things about not only owning my own business, that's a very good business mindset to be able to have, but it's, it, it's very nurturing for your soul because when you can do the right thing, no matter what's in it for you, you know that your soul is on the right point too. So empoweredpublicity.com, on Facebook, 
at Empowered Publicity, Twitter, Empowered underscore PR, and on Instagram at Jonathan Masalina. So I'm, uh, I'm awesome. interacting with the neighbors on social media too. Perfect, perfect. Jonathan, what's the value of going rogue? Uh, it, it, it's interesting, and, and this may seem counterproductive to what you had shared beforehand, but when you said going rogue, what came to mind was going home. And I feel that sometimes when it looks like life is falling apart, when it looks like there's this divine storm and that things couldn't go even worse, right? There is a path, there is a way that is being created. The work of Ram Das spoke to me many years ago. That's the reason why the name of the children's hospice will be called Walking Each Other Home. At the end of the day, we're all here to walk each other home in the process. And when you can take the time, even if it may seem like you're going through a transition right now and you have to... You have to, you know, go left instead of right, as we talked about the early point of the conversation. If you're going to go north instead of go south, you have to trust that inner compass. You have to trust the fact that you are being guided in the right direction. And it's so fascinating how at the end of the day, you have the opportunities to walk yourself back home. You have the opportunities to walk other people that come across your path, angels that come across your path, your neighbors that come across your path that you can help to walk them home. And it's just so it, it becomes more of a valuable, rewarding experience where life becomes worthwhile. It becomes like this heaven on earth experience, not just the old struggle paradigm that we're so used to beforehand. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this as we close, you know, Lori and I were, were talking before we started our conversation about going rogue. And I could have, I could have, I'm like, did she say going home? <laughs> and it was just like, that's, you know, like that's what came to mind in the process. Sometimes you have to have things fall apart in order for everything to come together. But the, but the, but the really good thing is that if you allow yourself to believe this, there's a lot of miracles that are happening for, for a lot of people. We were talking before we began the interview, the intention we, we, we set for TJ, your producer, for you, Lori, for myself, for everyone listening to we're talking shift now and moving forth. There is an abundance of miracles, blessings beyond human comprehension that are happening. If you allow yourself to receive these, if you trust the fact that good things are happening, that this is now the new paradigm, this is the new norm, this will be your reality. So this is the message. This is the wish that I put out for all of your listeners, that everyone's heart's desires, their wishes not only become fulfilled, but become their present reality each and every day. Beautiful. Going rogue means going home. I love it. Jonathan, you are amazing and uh, you are putting a lot of good shift out into the world. Keep it up. I know we'll stay in touch and thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today and, and share what you're up to. It's awesome. Thank, and thank you. you. And thank you, Lori. It's, it's important that, that I mention this too, to keep supporting Lori and the wonderful work that she is doing. I've had the blessing of knowing Lori for nearly 10 years right now, and she has done such incredible work. She genuinely cares about people. There was a time in my life when Lori could have judged me. She could have looked at me like I had a third ear. I like to say, you know, sometimes use, people use the expression a third eye, but yet we do have the third eye. That's kind of like a little shocker joke. <laughs> and she didn't. So Lori, Lori sees beyond if people are going through any sort of a temporary challenge or even a very big life challenge in the process. So to support the work that Lori is doing to purchase her book, common sense, happiness to like, to comment, to, uh, and, and, and share her, her Facebook page and her social media to, to subscribe to the we're talking shift podcast, 
to, to keep supporting Lori because she's such an incredible person with such a beautiful heart and she's doing all the right things. And this is one of the reasons why there's so many blessings that are coming into her life. So I appreciate this opportunity. Keep up the great work that you're doing. And uh, thank you to everyone for taking the time to open up your minds and hearts to hear what it is that I had to share with all of you today. Blessings, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. I hope that you all loved what you heard today. Jonathan is just an amazing person and uh, he is up to so much good stuff. I can't wait to see how things unfold for him. So be sure to subscribe and share your comments and uh, you could really make my heart sing by giving me a rating. And if you're feeling stuck and you could use a little bit of help making some shift happen in your life, you can find out how Private Coaching with Me works on we're talking shift.com or lauribischoff.com. And of course, I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social media platforms, you know, the usual suspects. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. That goes for you too, Gary B. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.